Only the sound of the waves pounding remained, a roar no man could still. Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games' George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. You know what else can't be stilled? Your beating heart? I was going to go with two champs and a chump. Oh, well, it was still for the past two weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just a temporary hiatus. That's just actually enjoying the holidays with our families. That's true. And some people do big things when they have holidays off from podcasts. Right, Will? Uh, I guess. Uh, They eat too much? Yeah, that's what you did. Admit to it. Admit to what? Really? God damn it. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm engaged. Congrats. Thank you. Woo. Thank you. Uh, leaving Carol sure alone is the last podcast. Host. I was going to say, I was like, look at us getting all committed. Yeah. Dude, and just think about it, though. If Daryl, you know, does, you know, become... Uh, Mrs. Robin? Yeah, Robin. Mi- Mrs. Robin Arnold or Mr. Robin Arnold, then uh, he and I will be related. Oh, wow. And uh, our view- female viewership is going to plummet, plummet out. Yeah, yeah, because there are quite a few girls that listen to the show right now. Tons. And uh, they they just really love listening to Daryl's sultry tones. There's actually a reasonable amount of female Thrones players. Not a single one I know listens to any of the podcasts. Yeah, agreed. I feel like we got better shit to do. Yeah, I mean, Danny kind of listens to our show, right? She kind she of listens to my half. while you're listening. I thought she just yeah. listened to Props and Slops. Yeah, well... Hmm. Uh, I mean, I put it on speakerphone, and she chimes in every now and then, but... That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, we took a couple weeks off. We uh, we had a good time. Big things happened. And while we were gone for the holidays, big things happened to uh, Thrones 1.0. And all I can say is, praise be to the seven, we finally have a new chapter pack. And it's a really good one. We should introduce ourselves before we start reviewing a new chapter pack, though. Okay, sounds great. I'm Will, also known as Kenan. I'm Aaron, also known as Pulse Glazer all over the place. Guten Tag, bitches. Huh. Glad you're keeping up with that. I don't know. I was like, I know. I was like, I know we changed languages, but in the moment I froze. I'm like, oh shit, where am I? (laughs) I forgot. No, I'm I'm pretty sure that's the that's the one we had swapped to for this season. Yes, we are in Deutschland for. Season whatever we're on. Uh, five. We're in season five. five. Like the show. 
Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, we're going to beat George R. R. Martin on finishing the series as well. Almost. Wow. Certainly. Yeah. Well, yeah. none of us are planning on dying, and that man certainly is. <laughs> Review some secrets and schemes. I think that sounds like a great idea. Okay. So we've got cards. Let's see. What do we have up first here, gentlemen? I believe it's the Knight of Flowers, right? Yeah. Who wants to lay that bad boy on us? My computer just crashed, so not me. All right. I will start. The Knight of Flowers is a character. Shadows 2. Obviously a Shadow Crest. Military and Power Icon. Three strength. Like all Shadows cards, it's house only, so house Barra only. Keywords are Kingsguard, Rainbow Guard, and Knight. He's got Renowned and a Response. Um, discard a card at random from your hand and bring Knight of Flowers out of Shadows to save a unique, unique character from being killed or discarded from play. What do you think about him? Love it. Yeah. Seems pretty solid. I mean, Shadows is one of my favorite mechanics in the game, and I love seeing uh, some more Rainbow Guard stuff around. I wish he kind of had some particular synergy with kind of the way the uh, the existing Rainbow Guards worked, but uh, seems like a pretty solid ability for Barra. Discarding tends not to be a huge cost for Barra with all their recursions, so it's at least, you know, synergistic. Yeah, you bring him out to save somebody, and then you bring Crescent out of uh, Shadows at the start of the next phase and get back whatever you lost. That works. Bingo. Bingo. The Worlds and Stalic version needs the um, No Shadows Knight of Flowers, so they won't use this. But the Chinese Nationals deck that ran uh, pretty heavy Shadows and pretty heavy Control can really use this guy. Yeah, and, you know, maybe uh, if Bear wants to look at Aloof and Apart, it's a great way to keep uh, some of those characters on the board when you need them to stay. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Because um, I'm assuming Aloof and Apart should be able to flood the board well enough not to want the Joust version. I'm hoping so. Really, you just keep throwing the, those big guys all in challenges together or something. Uh not exactly sure how it would uh, take shape, but... Seems like there might be some play there. And even if, worst case, if you're just paying four, including shadows, for a renowned body to close out a game, it's not a bad bad option. Yeah. And he is a Kingsguard, come to think, as well as Rainbow Guard. So if you want to run the the newer, um, whatchamacallit, there's to sell me, there we go, Uh, he, he can send the Night of Flowers back into shadows for you, so you can keep that save going. I mean, if he's just an all-around efficient card. I mean, everything on him is good. Like, you leave him in shadows for an opportune moment, the renown. I mean, we even said one negative thing about this guy. Yeah. No, I like him a lot. I guess the the toughest thing is that he's competing against two other, you know, really pretty good versions of the Knight of Flowers. Yeah. One other good version. Yeah, the no only, one really cares one. about the Joust one. Yeah, the only one you ever play is the No Shadows one. But even so, like... If you're running a Shadows deck, you're obviously not running the No Shadows version. Yeah. And he synergizes really well with um, Jamie and Preston. Get that three draw going. Agreed. Oh, oh yes, I apologize. Plot. 
And I had accidentally reversed who sends people back to shadows. It's Preston you'll need to send the knight back. Barristan brings him out. And that plot. Don't forget that uh the plot that'll get him back from your debtor discard. Yeah, yes. Three seven one don't remember what it's called. <laughs> uh alas, my brain is shutting down as well. Uh, but it's definitely three seven one, so look up your three seven one plots and you'll find it. Yeah. Not many of them uh to go around. But yeah, that seems pretty sweet. Uh, you could potentially bring him out on a Valor turn to save somebody important, let him die, then next turn flip that plot, bring him back out, uh, or sorry, put him back into shadows, really, not out, and he's primed to go again. I think there's a barrow no agenda that this would work for, especially with Preston. This way uh, you keep things knelt with... Um Wow, apparently I don't Black know the cells? names of any cards. Thank you. Black Black, cells, you yeah. keep things not with Black Cells, you keep things drawing with Jamie, and you've got enough Kingsguard to make that 3-7-1 valuable. Mm-hmm. Drawing right. with Jamie, my favorite art show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to picture him drawing with his left hand and oh, putting the paper down with oh, his little knob. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. <laughs> right, so, so what kind of rating do you uh, give the Knight of Flowers, then? I go B plus. I um the, uh, the existence of the other Knight of Flowers and him being such a staple in the best Barrow deck and maybe the best deck in the game keeps this Knight of Flowers down just out of the A range. B seems pretty solid to me. Actually, that particular Knight of Flowers had long been the example of of a you know B range card here, and I think this one's right up there with him. Yeah, I'll agree with the B plus. As much as I hate to just be chalk across the board. But, I mean, he's good. Super good. Next up. Yeah, so Robor Royce is next. Uh, we're still in Baratheon. He's at three costs, three strength, military, and power, and has a noble crest, interestingly enough. Uh, House Aaron, Rainbow Guard, and Knight. And while Sir Robar Royce is participating in challenge, each Rainbow Guard character you control gains deadly. I'm just kind of curious. Do we really have any noble crests right now that are not... Uh, a lord or lady or something along those lines by trait? Uh, I'm sure we have a couple. Um, Sir Loras might not be a lord, and that, uh, the Jow Sir Loras is a, um, is a noble crest. Isn't there a Chud noble crest they have too? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair bastard enough. Hiding. The bastard, yeah. Just felt weird looking at him just as a regular knight for some reason, but. Seems like an okay enough ability. Really? It's nice to have the crest and all, but it, it's not no, great. No way. It's a crap ability. All it does is grant him deadly. <laughs> if you run in some of the other rainbow cards. He has to be participating in the challenge. Uh, yes, you're right. I did miss that, uh, despite having just read it. Yeah, if he just gave deadly to the rainbow guard, I think he'd be reasonable enough. But yeah, that is awfully picky. Yeah, it, it, so it basically gives him deadly. It means you're going to win the deadly counts if you have some rainbow guard out. Yeah. Whoop-dee-doo. Of course, on the other hand, if he literally was just a, like, three-for-three three bicon with deadly and a noble crest and solid traits, like, if, if his ability wasn't worded in a way that makes you think, oh, it's better than it really is, if it would just said deadly, would that be intriguing? No. I would think about a singleton. No, isn't Sir Garland just straight up better? Like at this point, like earlier yeah. in the game's history, Most, sure. mostly yeah. But there's just too many good cards at this point for me to give a shit about a three for three efficient bicon with deadly. 
it's no longer good enough to be relevant. Don't you love how bittersweet uh, we finally get tech for Rainbow Guard? Are we recording? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Go ahead. And this is kind of bittersweet. Like, oh, yeah, finally some Rainbow Guard support. Take that. And now it's, you know, useless. Well, he's, again, like... I just kind of wish he worked like the other Rainbow Guards we've got. Instead of, like, referencing each other, I liked how they... Uh, specifically boosted a lord, or, well, lords, plural. Uh, and that that really, to me, gave this cool, uh, like, Nedley thing about them protecting and, and helping a lord. This just doesn't seem as cool. It's not. Like, how often do you see Sir Courtney Penrose? Courtney Penrose! I've, I've run a copy in several decks, and yeah, he definitely a goes in moon? if I'm running Noble Cause. Yes, but if you're running Noble Cause, maybe you run this guy. But that might be the only situation. Beyond that, like, Sir Courtney is significantly better, and you almost never see him. Yeah, I mean, Robar's up against uh, the Laughing Storm, and like you said, Garland Tyrell uh, in that same slot in-house, plus Dale probably as well. Yep. Uh, Watcher of the Nightfire. Yeah. I love Watcher. A lot of other folks are pretty down on it, but... The Bastard of Night Song? Oh, yep. Don't know how I forgot about the Bastard. Um, these are all knights, too, so if you're running a knight's deck, these are just better options. The, hell, the Knight of Summer Halls might even be better than this. Mm, it depends. You, you definitely need the Holies to keep the Knight of Summer Hall train going. There's a Sir Axel Florence. I like both Sir Axel Florence better. One after you win a power challenge by four or more, stand them, which sounds more useful to me. And after Sir Axel enters play, choose and discard one duplicate as the other, and that one has a whole, uh, holy crest. The dupe thing is better, I think, than a lot of people realized at first. But neither one of those is super great, especially the stand, because he doesn't actually have any keywords, if I recall correctly. You're right. Um, I don't, well, it's a, it's a noble cause card, as yeah. far as I can see. Um, even though it's a Corset card. Maybe he just gives better breadth to a Noble Cause deck, really, is what we should be looking at here. He's acceptable yeah. for that. Barely. I, I don't know. I'm not a fan. I mean, he doesn't do anything. He's no man-at-arms, but what is? Right. I mean, what uh, kind of rating is he really worth, then? I don't think he, he's... Really? He's, I, I don't think he's that bad. He's... He's C-range. He's acceptable. There are decks that will be fine with a copy over one of the other middling characters if they need something in that slot. I don't think so. Maybe the occasional Noble Cause deck, and even then he's running on the expensive side. I mean, you can't get much cheaper for Noble Cause, or the agenda doesn't work. Well, but the difference between two and three is huge for that deck, especially in a meta where that where most people aren't running uh, first snow. snow. Yeah. First I Snow. I love First Snow. I think it's a solid play. <laughs> I haven't seen it much. I run it. And most people don't. Kyle, what kind of rating do you give him? <sighs> D plus. Splitting the difference with, huh? Yeah. yeah. I just, I don't know. He does not excite me. And, and like, the problem is, like, like Aaron kind of says, with where the game is right now, like, the... I would... This card... I do not hesitate to say would be a bomb in second edition. Like you start to remember how ridiculous the power level is and where we're at, and he just doesn't have a place. 
maybe it's one of those things. Like, if this happens and the game keeps going, you go, oh, man, maybe Rainbow Guard's going to, like, get some more beef and this is going to be awesome. But we know that's not happening, so he kind of sucks. Yeah. Well, how about then we go ahead and move on to the next card? Because I'm pretty excited about this next one. You want to lay the Rainbow Guard Squire on us, Kyle? Uh, no, because my computer still crashed. Okay. Didn't know if you'd called that back up. All right, Aaron, you want to lay the Squire on us? Sure. One cost, two strength, only a power icon, Squire. If you control one or more Rainbow Guard characters, kneel all copies of Rainbow Guard you control to draw one card. Uh, of the Rainbow Guard Squire. It's worth pointing Of the Rainbow Guard Squire. Yeah, you're only sir. kneeling him, not your regular Rainbow Guard characters. Oh, I hate him. Really? There's five Rainbow Guards in the game. You need to have one of them. Oh, he's straight up draw in Barra, though. And he's got a very solid cost-to-strength ratio. Uh, only one icon, which is their strong icon, which isn't great. But he doesn't have any negative traits. Not oh, even a you, refugee or anything like that. Are you running him over the specialized dude? Because I'm not. Mm. Specialized dude for the win. Are you running him over the guy one that stands prize guys? Because I'm not doing I that I hope either. not. So, like, if I'm not running, and he's, and he's just got a power icon. So if you're not running him over either of those two guys that just have power icons? It depends. Those are two-cost guys. This this one's just one, and we we just got a couple more Rainbow Guard guys. You only have to have one Rainbow Guard on the board for him to be able to kneel to draw a card, which, again, is not really something Barra has. I still like him. Knight of Flowers, Sir Emin Koy, who's not any good. Sir Gaiard, who's okay, I guess. Sir Parman, who's actually good, but very rarely sees play. And our lovely Sir Robar. Those are the entire Rainbow Guard. Unless you're running those characters, I'd rather run one of... Like, if I'm running just a power icon, I'll, I'll spend the extra gold and run the better guy. Hmm. Or even just run the card we're going to get to later in this cycle that's neutral. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another uh, Rainbow Guard or two come out. I mean, there should be seven at the end, but I'm having difficulty remembering who else is left aside from Brienne the Blue. Uh, well, hopefully we get a new Brienne, but I'd, it, it'd have to be quite the bomb Brienne to start seeing play. If she had a Rainbow Guard synergistic ability, like I'd have to see what it is, but it might be worth it for a, a deck skewing toward that theme. And hopefully um, then there's one other floating around as well. Yeah. It would have to be a hell of a bomb to make that worth it for me. But it's not a bad card. I just don't think I'd ever use it. I mean, people have run uh, Samuel Tarly in decks that only have, a, you know, like three Ravens in them, or I think is more common five, two of your attachment, and then three Carrion Birds. And, you right, know, but there's also a plot that searches those out. Right, right. Yeah, there's events that search out knights. That's true. I mean, you're, but like, look again at this point in the game. Look at what you're giving up to run muster. Like, do you re would you really prefer yeah, muster no, over I, those extra? I, I doubt I would be running muster in this deck. It would it would probably be a deck happening to use the rainbow guard that would just enjoy the extra draw and nice setup ability of this guy, but not rely and on it. At that point, I'd almost rather he were two costs instead of one because you've got a uh, then you've got then he's got some noble cause synergy as is. Yeah, I mean, he still has some synergy there by providing draw it's missing out on, but, yeah, you know, it doesn't literally uh, gain renown from the agenda, so. Rings. I like him. I'm willing to give him, uh, like, a 
Uh, I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here with a B minus. Wow. Go. Uh, C minus. Yeah, C minus also. Like, I just feel like we've had enough power creep in the game that things like this should be downgraded uh, for that reason. All right. I guess that sends us on to the drum. Now we move on to Greyjoy. He's going to be a, a four cost, three strength military and power icon with a war crest. He's a captain and a raider. He has deadly, and his ability is limited response. After you declare the drum as an attacker, choose a location controlled by the defending player. If you win the challenge by four or more total strength, discard that location. Limit one limited response per round. Kind of dig it. I, I like anything it. that blows up locations. Yeah. I mean, and does he really have any limited response competition in Greyjoy right now? <clears throat> I don't think so. Nothing relevant at the very least. Um, yeah. well, we'll get to one more in a couple cards, right? Potentially. But, but yeah, um, he's definitely a good card. He supports unopposed tech. He supports raider tech. He's slightly overcosted, and Greyjoy has some of the best three pay the one extra for him. But I definitely like him, and I like that he'll uh, happily wreck limited stuff. Ooh, yeah, that's that's actually a really nice point, uh, that he can hit that, too. Supplements those newly made lords quite well. <clears throat> oh, he supplements that <laughs> newly made lord. I mean, early in the game, he hits the board and, new, or, and newly made lord or whatever chud. You're really going to defend that uh, four-strength power challenge to pretend your location? To protect your location, that's rough, right? Yeah, with that deadly thrown in, for sure. Mm-hmm. So then, if you really want to maximize that, then you're playing seductive promise as well to penalize them even more for not bothering to defend that. Well, at least that's what I would look at. I think he's more likely to synergize with uh, Wintertime Marauders with the Warcrest deck. Yeah, yeah, definitely like, helps oh. push things through there. The Marauders and him would really wreck a board together. Yeah, just go with the nice light choke. Yeah, just always keep them off their tempo. But mm-hmm. you, w- if the two of those stay on the board together for very long, that'll that that'll probably be more than a light choke. Well, if you can get rid of uh, per challenge two locations, including limited, yeah, very very few decks can survive that kind of thing, especially during Wallace well, Winter. Right. Um, I don't know what else I'd run him with. Like, I don't know if there's an agenda fit. That's probably a no-agenda deck or King's Winter, right? Yeah. Uh, well, potentially a loof and a part if you wanted to get a little funky. Greyjoy doesn't have a ton of stuff at that 4-plus. Greyjoy doesn't off. have 4-plus stuff I like. Yeah. Like, it's got a couple Eurons, right? And... And Balin. Oh, and you know who's not... But you know what? A loof and a part's the new Raider tech uh, agenda, isn't it? Because all, a bunch of those good raiders, like the mongrel, the one that uh, gains the strength boost, right, is five cost. Yeah, but it, doesn't that lower itself for each raider? Uh, it gets plus one strength for each. Oh, it just gets plus one, no lower cost. Whatever. Right. Still, that for three is really awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty reasonable when you're backing it up with this and some of that other stuff. Uh, yeah, that could look pretty cool. Yeah, not a bad idea. Oh, maybe I'll throw that together. Screw around with it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, well, what kind of rating would you guys actually give the drum then? Uh, C plus. Very specific decks. He could be very, very. He could be a bomb in very specific decks, but he's slightly overcosted for what he does. You know, I hate to to agree, but I think I probably will here. Um, 
yeah, strong effect, but a little overcosted. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest thing that makes him not feel like he fits Greyjoy very well. He, he definitely plays at the opposite end of the gold curve from their usual. Yeah, I mean, it'll be weird, but I think, I think you're right on that Elite in the Part idea. I think Greyjoy's has some really bomb characters in that upper gold range that some of this tech we're getting should uh, do well with. So I'm going to give them a B- minus on potential. Nice. Okay. Well, let's see. That sends us on to another Greyjoy card. Um, the Sea Tower, right? Ten Sea Tower. Oh, wait, no. It's it's apparently the Sea Tower, and right. hitting cards is silly. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Sea Tower is zero cost, limited location, non-unique. Marshalling Neil the Sea Tower to reduce the cost of the next Greyjoy card you play by one. Character. Character. Did I say card? Sorry. Yeah. We're worth noting that. that <clears throat> yeah. But that does smooth out the choke uh, cost curve quite a bit. Yeah. I love Palace Fountains and Martell, so... Yeah, and you know, there's six packs, six houses. Uh, you guys think we're going to see the whole run of these for all the other houses? And well, then Martell is going to get their two... got a better one. Right, but then Martell maybe is going to get their two costs reduced by two, just so you know. everybody has essentially the same resource base to end the game. Uh, I no, I don't think we see I hope any not. more of these. I mean, we've had them in the past before the LCG. I think it'd be I think it'd be kind of hilarious to see them uh, round everything out like that. I hope not. That's a lot of design space taken up right at the end. I think Greyjoy. Uh, the re- part of the reason we only play low cost Greyjoy stuff, besides it being so efficient, is that like it's generally way easier to play. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, they can only I mean, run so many of these limited uh, locations. They really. drop against gatehouses and uh, uh, the reduced by two for locations that I can't think of the name of now. But that's only for warship decks. Yeah, they don't have to be heavy warship. Or out of house locations, otherwise those don't get really well, run. And neutral. I'd rather run this. Too. There's, there's different things that I've definitely seen around. I'd rather run the Sea Tower, I think. Like, I, I'm in almost all my Greyjoy decks, unless I'm going specifically, like, Old Way Warships or whatever Warship nonsense, I'll be running this instead, and I can still run five or six limited. Bunch of these, some Winter King's Roads, and, uh, the Seas, that's an economy base that can let you play, like, Martell-style cards and end up playing some four- and five-cost stuff. <laughs> oh, damn. Madness. I mean, it messes with Greyjoy's themes a little bit, but it's still not bad. Not bad at all. So the question is, is there any other discussion really to be had on a basic limited resource like this? Or can we go ahead and rate it? Uh, I'm going to give it an A. I mean, this I you can never underestimate economy. Right now it's about squeezing out efficiency. And, I mean, I think that the people can underestimate how much of a leg up the Martell one gives them. Uh, and like you said, it helps choke. Which God, I hope does not become a big thing in this last year. Like, can we just have like a Christmas Day armistice where we just agree <laughs> that the last year of Thrones will be choke free? That would be great. I'm not saying it's super good. I'm not saying it's done well lately. It's just never fun to play or play against. Like, no one enjoys the game. Could not agree more. 
I don't know. If you're if you're playing Lanny with uh what you call him, the mines, then it might not be bad for you. Hmm. As, as, as Sterling Zeitler had that one at Worlds uh, a couple years ago when they both played me with the Great Joy Choke decks. Just had to take a dig at them. I yeah, Zeitler plays on fun decks. But the card is an A. An yep. A? Really? Dang. I I find find it hard to give a limited resource above B myself, so that's what I'm going to go with. Well, you're messing up, so yeah. that's your go, usual goes, way. Yep, exactly. It goes, got, in, it goes in every deck. That's got, the definition of an A. I got to stick with uh, underrating locations, so, you know, I'd hate to break <clears> that streak now. So the bitter end of first edition. Exactly. Then I'm going to go completely overboard in a totally different direction for a second. It's going to be great. Really? He was gonna, okay. Every every location just over the moon with, and these characters are crap. Get them off the field. Yeah, exactly. Never mind the return to a character centric game and all that. Yep. Will's going characterless right all, off the door. All locations, I'm giving them an A plus. <laughs> I mean, the core ones are probably going to have to be pretty good because you're not going to have a lot of choices. So that may be true. Then that'll be like these core ones and be um, be gone in like a week. Let's hope not. I'm going to buy three of these the day they come out. I'm kind of hoping for a little more from them. The nice thing is, props to that. I'm going to give this now before I forget, because I know I will. To all my teacher friends, and Aaron, you might want to think about this, um, that are trade-daying Gen Con, get in an hour early to the dealer's hall, so you can buy your corset stress-free. You can do that as a teacher? It's How? called uh, it's called industry it's called Institute Day or Industry Day, but the Wednesday of Gen Con is a big um, teacher, educators, librarians, and people in the industry day, and it's all these panels on how to work games into the classroom and stuff, and industry stuff, and you get How a bunch of stuff. A part of it is you get um, out an hour in early to the dealers hall. Yeah, so you I, have to be all teacher. of that sounds cool. I'm and you get credits, whatever. I have a math teacher's going nuts because he gets his continuing education credit thingies. Mm-hmm. I don't know, some crap. He in, gets in service it. credits, they're functionally. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Um, when we're not on the air, tell me how to do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, so listening to all my educator friends out there, look into that if you're like, boy, I really would love um, to get my thing. I don't want to have to wait in line like everybody else. Since you shape our youth, you do get a little perk. That's a hell of a perk because I want my three corsets. Like, immediately. Alright, next card. Okay, who comes up after that? Looks like we get to to uh, go to an attachment with Red Rain. Get uh, that called up here. There we go. It is still Greyjoy. It's a one-drop unique weapon and an item. And can only go on unique Greyjoys. It's another limited response. After attached character is declared as an attacker, choose a character controlled by the defending player. If you win the challenge by four or more total strength, discard the chosen character from play. And of course, limit one limited response per round. Which needs to be printed for no reason. Right at the end of the game, let's remind you what a limited response is. Yeah, gotta love reminder text. I, I just wish just wish FFG was consistent and actually, you know, like regularly did that for other things, or just didn't ever do it at all. Well, just don't do it for limited response. Like, even if you're exclusively a Greyjoy player, you know what the Castle of the Rock is. <laughs> like, this By isn't now, some big so. right. What so, do you think of the card? Is it is it worth uh, a gold? It might be. You know, it is some really direct character removal for Greyjoy, and they can make that 
that challenge happen if they really want to. And, you know, that's removal they've not had. This is all true. Still an attachment. Uh, Still great. What what decks are you running it in? Because I can only think of one. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of weird with uh, Greyjoy decks and stuff, so I'm not sure I've really been doing uh, quite the normal wintry uh, things, but I don't know. What were you thinking? One of in something old way-ish on Grand, so you can't get rid of them. That seems not too mm. bad. But, like, it's literally for that character in an old way deck, otherwise I'm not running it. I mean, I can see dropping that uh, this on other characters. I mean, in a lot of ways, it makes that character into the new Danny. Uh, and well, once. Turns out that's pretty good. But if you're using Danny once, she's probably not completely broken. It's when you start using her three times around. Yes. Well, yeah, I that's agree. when she gets broken, but stuff doesn't have to be broken to justify a copy, even in today's day and age. It, it nearly does. Like, most of the game is a, at least a little broken. Like, Hall in Mel's favor, and, you know. Well, that that's getting into... Danny going crazy. Like, the T1 stuff is, is mostly actually, a little broken. Mira. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that sees play that is not broken. Lightest Port Moneylender, right? That's true. Um, it could also actually, that new, uh, I think it's a new Euron that's coming out soon, that doesn't let you defend. Uh, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. Since he's like four strength <laughs> alone. That'll go great with him. Yeah, and you know, then even he's Danny. Even if I only get the one attack out of this and the one kill, like for one gold, I think I probably got my investments worth. I'm taking out probably whatever your most threatening character is with it. Mm-hmm. You know, throw it on a, some, throw it on some with deadly for extra fun. Yeah, like it. It feels like if as long as it goes off at least once. You know, then it's a die by the sword, basically. And I'm okay with that. And the whole one card really gets rid of it right now. I mean, that's not true. Three cards get rid of it, but if you're using your frozen solid on that, I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah, probably like so. Mira and Viserys are the other two that I think of off the top of my head. Yeah, so I mean, so I not probably screw up <laughs> one slot in a Greyjoy deck to, to try it out, uh, even though it can't be played on setup. Um, um, maybe. I'll I'll agree with that. Um, I'm gonna put this in like that C plus range. I think it's it's one of the better attachments we've seen. And I'll not like better I per se. Definitely agree I, with that. But I, I mean, it's not like a bomb like holy shit. Like it's not in Mel's favor, but I mean, it's a it's a solid card, and I think it does have a a place, and you'll see some play with it. Yeah, I think C plus is the right call, which is really getting weird with us agreeing all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably going to jump on board with that. Still, basically all the normal stuff with attachments uh, apply to it. So it's it's hard to go above that C+. Plus, but you, you know what we should do? We should rate cards as their type for, like, 2nd edition. Like, because as an attachment, like, as compared to other attachments, it's totally like a B+, plus, right? True. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a better way to go about it. I agree, because it's not fair, because then your personal biases play into it. Like, Rings hates certain, like card types and... Location. And, and yes, I was going to let him be, but... <clears throat> so, he's going to obviously rate those lower, and some people love events, but you shouldn't go, oh, I'm going to run these three events because they're all A's and B's, and I'm going to leave out this, like, location because it's a C, even though it, you know, now you have a ton of events, no location, like, 
So I think that'd be a better way to go about it. As I'm looking for some quality stuff to fill out my deck, let's go back and listen to 2C1C episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're always so on task that you'll get exactly what you need. Yeah. Well, no, you just, you just listen to all the stuff that we uh, gripe later about having rated wrong, like uh, Gaston Gray. If any listener ever wants to do that, like make us a list of stuff we messed up on so we can talk about it. And then we'll, we'll just build a deck out of just the stuff we messed up on. It'll be great. That could be good and bad, because you'll get all the broken stuff you missed, but you'll also get things you thought were awesome that are total crap. <laughs> that, too. That, too. And that one would be uh, particularly interesting. It's much easier to remember the cards you underrated that turned out to be badass. It's much harder to remember, you know, six months down the line that you said, like, man, this is a, probably a B plus, and it just completely fell flat. So <clears throat> I know it's just me, but you guys should really look into playing Prince of Doran more. Um, I had actually uh, been playing it that much. Is that the prized one? It's the prized and, three, and was, like, attachment. I was pretty happy with it, yeah. It's pretty good. It's I, so good. I do it's admit it's better good. than I expected it to be. I mean, even if you only trigger it once, it's a it's a better one-sided much and more. This is true. Like This is true. And if you run any other prize stuff and you can trigger it, trigger it a couple times, it's worth the one gold investment. Such a great card. Because I know we messed up on it. I'm 90% sure we messed up on it. Probably so. Yeah, I believe we did hate on it. Yeah, I think, I think we hate like on a... all those. I think I said positive things. Now that I think about it, I think I liked the prize. I liked some of them. I don't think that was one. I might have, I might have given it like a C plus, but I think it's like an A minus card at this point. Well then, uh, Kyle, since uh, your computer's still out of commission, Aaron, you want to lay uh, lay the next one on us? I think we get to move houses again. We're on to Lannister with Chella, daughter of Cheek. She is a 4 for 4 with military and power. She is stealth. She's a clansman, or clanswoman technically. Stealth, deadly, immune to opponent's location effects, and a war crest. And that's it. No text. I don't like her. Immune to locations, or opponent's location effects is text. Uh, it, no, it's not a keyword. It's an immunity. No, I mean, it's just, it's there. It's It's not great, though. But yeah, it's kind of sad. Lanny's not really lacking for either of those keywords. She doesn't really bring any new clansman synergy to the board. Honestly, her old version gives way better clansman synergy than this. Uh, yeah. Remember Quentin's guard? Um, only vaguely. It's so, uh, the one where the cost goes down for every opponent, right? Yeah, that should be played in melee. By the way, I don't know why it's not. But yeah. It, that's a four for three with the same keywords. Functionally, I mean, not so different. You would never in a million years see that in Joust, right? So you're not going to see this either. Yeah. <sighs> if there were more, like, win by four specific events, um, I could maybe see myself doing it. Because, I mean, she's she's probably going to ensure that, that you, you win by four when she's in a challenge. But uh, there's, there's not that many reasons to really specifically need that. Like, looking at your Lannister decks, it's very, very hard to see what you'd cut anywhere near her cost curve for her. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at, at cutting out slots devoted to, uh, like, Cersei and Tywin, and things that are really going to close and out a game, and she doesn't really do that, despite being really good at challenges. I mean, would you even cut an enemy informer? I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, yeah, honestly, probably not. So, no. 
Yeah. The Warcraft doesn't bring much to Lannister either. I mean, it's got a little no agenda tech with uh the Clegane brigands, but like if you're running her you're probably trying to run aloof and apart to not make her ridiculously overcosted. So then that turns off the brigands. Yeah. It's weird. I because just looking at her, stat wise and whatnot, she seems like she should be an okay card, but she just doesn't have any home in Lannister. In the course that I'd run her, since we've gotten too many good cards, once again. Yeah. I mean, what kind of rating does that really earn her in the end, though? I wouldn't say necessarily a bad rating, just not a good one. She's probably still a C-worthy card, maybe a C-. minus. She's not a bad card, just not one with a home. Like, you've been building a very specific... Not even like a, like you're not trying to win, you're just trying to do something, like a big beefy war crusty thing, but then again you lose the brigands, you go with something that'd lower her cost. Uh it reminds me like back in CCG I had this Laney Warcrest murder deck, and she would be super right at home at that. And once again, the two formats I feel like she would be bombing, she, she's not legal for. So the L C G just is a cold, harsh place for Chella. Plus the other one's pretty good. I mean, not the best, but I don't mind popping off location. Yeah, the other one has a, you know, still fairly relevant uh, ability for the board. This one, not so much. The other one beat me at Worlds. Like, straight up just made it so I couldn't quite afford to uh, make a comeback. Yeah. And oddly, you know, a lot of the the locations that are going to be causing issues are, you know, Lannister locations rather than the other houses. Um... So I'm not sure if she's really earning you a whole lot there. Well, something for a mirror. Map, Lannister I guess. mirror is something that exists. Yeah. Well, yeah. And black cells and casting gray. There's things that she prevents that are pains in the asses. She can't. Oh wait, no, it wouldn't be opponent. She is not immune to Harren Hall. Um, Your opponent takes it with Mel's favor and wants a Harren Hall. Oh, no oh right. Yeah. yeah I, I was trying to figure out how you how the Harren Hall cancel would be applying to her, but now I gotcha. <laughs> Heron Hall's not cancel. Heron Hall's direct kill. Don't you know that? Yeah. yeah it's a combo for direct yeah. kill. But yeah, I, I think the more we talk about it, the more I, I feel like the C- minus is probably about, about the right range for her. I'm giving her a D. I don't like her. I don't want to give her a D. Give her a C-. minus. <laughs> C-. minus. She could be so good. Like, I look at her like Will, and I want it to be so good. Yeah, it just feels weird to be rating poorly a character that is honestly really good at challenges. Eh, the game hasn't been about challenges for quite a long time. Yeah, fair enough. I don't like that. Me neither, but... Uh, that's what key point is for. Ah. Like, uh, if strength mattered, she'd be quite good. Yeah, that's why I was saying. If there were more reasons to need to win that challenge by four in particular, like, she would really have a home. Like, she'll do that all day long. Oh, well. Sends us on to the next character. This one's a champ card. Uh, this is Sir Kevin Lannister. Of course, unique. He's three costs for two strength. An intrigue and a power icon, and he has a naval uh, enhancement on his power icon. He has a noble crest. He's a lord and a knight. And he has a limited response. After Sir Kevin Lannister enters or leaves play, choose a Lannister or neutral location in your discard pile and put it into play. 
Of course, the same reminder text, unlimited responses. And this was designed by the 2012 uh, Chinese champion, um, whose last name I'll probably butcher, Bing Uyang. Bing! Not 100% there. Chandler? Sure. Sorry, terrible Friends reference. Forget I said anything. I mean, it was a Friends reference, so by default, terrible. Yeah, I hate that show. (laughs) I really hate that show. Uh so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, if it wasn't a limited response, I would probably honestly love this. But my Lanny decks uh, these days are wanting running one limited response or the other. They're, they've either got the Castellan or the Alchemist Guild Hall, which just leaves Kevin up the creek. And his ability isn't quite strong enough for me to desperately want to use him with it instead, you know, as if he were just straight up Dale, you know? We're getting kind of close to a Lannister Black Sails. I mean, we only have like four cards, but it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. I mean, and they have answer cards that would be nice to search up. Uh, but again, you're forgoing the other limited responses. Lanny, I think, has the biggest competition uh, for that particular aspect. Yeah, it's got the two great ones. Yeah. So it's rough. Nice. I want to like him. I still like him. I don't know what deck I like him for, which is rare for I me. I mean, yeah, and that's the I question like for you. Well, you, what about Lanny Knights? You keep asking Good. me, what deck? Lanny Knights. Oh, no, Lanny Knights in a heartbeat is running the Guild Hall. When you've got all the... Preston, right? Yeah, when you've got Preston and Jamie and stuff like that, Guild Hall all day long. So where the hell else could he go? Tunnels, obviously not. Mm-hmm. Um... We don't have enough for black sales. Obviously, not no agenda. Yeah, he's homeless. Yeah, is there a, some? Is there something I'm forgetting? Not really that I can think of right now. Um, he's he's limited to Lannister or neutral, so you're not really pulling any fancy discard shenanigans, really, that I can think of uh, to cheat something else into play. I'm just I'm just not really feeling it. Lanny doesn't have self-discarding locations that I can think of aside from the sea. I mean, no, not even there. Like I'm like maybe PBT, but you you don't even like who cares? You're just trying to win fast. He's yeah, I mean you you want the uh, three strength for two cost if you want any Kevin in there. Yeah, well this one is three strength for two cost. No, no, no. This oh wait, no, three right, cost right. for two strength. Shh. I can't hear things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a card I like that I will apparently never play. That's sad. Yeah, he's just an orphan, so I hate to say it, but I think I'd rate him the same as Chella, probably a C minus, with the slight caveat that someone's going to cook up something Shaga that I didn't think of, but he'll really only see play in that. I'm giving him a C because I like him. He's got a slightly less competition. And re-grabbing Heron Hall or an Iron Throne is a game-changer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good point that he does bring back uh, Heron Hall after you've used up all its triggers. Actually, nope. Wait, what's the... You know where he does fit? There we go. That's where he fits. That was dumb. I'm, I'm raising his grade. He fits in Lanny Darkwing's Dark Wars, the world's winning deck. He fits perfectly in that. Eh, yeah, pretty well. Multiple Heron Halls. It's not running enough shadows to really run the Guild Hall. It's running Rivers, so it's not running Castellan. I would yeah. absolutely run him there. That and, seems, now he's a, and now he's a B. That seems reasonable. 
Marks. Like, I know I'm missing something. I thought of somewhere to use him. Kyle, you got anything on Sir Kevin? I agree with you guys. I like him. I mean, it's that point. I mean, this is why we're rebooting, is you have good cards that can't fit in the deck that should. Um, so, I mean, I agree. I'll give him a B. Definitely B, maybe plus. If you fit more than one deck, I think I could see him as an A. But with that, even with only that one deck, I think B is the right call. Okay. Right, well, let's do a terrible card. Now. Yeah, I was gonna say that sends us to Enemy of the Queen for you. You even get to read it. How exciting is that? Huzzah! All right, it's an attachment. It's zero cost. It does not have setup, and it's a title. Attached character does not stand during the standing phase. Discarding Enemy of the Queen if the attached character's controller wins an entry challenge against you by four more strength. So I don't care. I'm never running this. I don't know anyone who will. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It, it's almost exactly the same as an old uh, CCG Lannister attachment called Taken Hostage that had all that same text, except it cost two gold and said, when you play Taken Hostage, kneel attached character. And, I, you know, I, I looked at Enemy of the Queen and I thought to myself, I think if this was just straight up Taken Hostage... I still might find room for a couple of it in some oh, of my Lanny Neal decks. But a zero cost Neal? Yeah. Well, no, it was, it was two cost as taken hostage. And I think there, there are times I would slip a couple copies in and still play that. But without that Neal effect, even at zero cost, I don't think it's worth it. Hmm. Um, I hate it. <laughs> Kyle? Um, I like it. Um... I don't know. Now Will's got me thinking about cards that don't exist anymore. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of the obvious comparison for me. It was worth it to me, even at two gold, when it did kneel the character. But you take the actual kneel effect off, and now, well, either you have to you have to have other kneel effects to back it up in particular, or it's all under your opponent's control. I mean, and at that point, I might as well just be running, you know, I don't know, distraction if I really need a zero cost. No, I like arc. the locking it down. I mean, it's kind of like a, a guild, a, uh, like a brothel in a way. I mean, obviously, the brothel costs two, and this has a drawback, but, I mean, it's not cancelable. It's a passive. You can just get a character down. I mean, all you need is one turn, one effect to put down the Viper, and he's done. Now you don't have to come oh. up with an effect every turn. Well. Oh. But you need a uh, specifically non-event or character effect to put down the Viper. Yeah. I mean, you only have to you do it once. You don't have to sit there and do it. Oh. You, yeah, so let's say you get the brothel out, and then they get a Heron Hall, and you're like, fuck, well, that doesn't matter and, anymore. Well, and, and that's assuming, like, most Martello's going to be running Gaston Gray. And I then, don't know. I, I like it. I, I really do like it. I like repeatable deal. I like the thought of you can just lock down their intrigue-heavy dudes, you can just keep their power characters... At bay, I think this is. I'm looking at the uh, Agot cards page, and this card's in like a two seven nine. I'm gonna go bold here. I'm gonna say B plus. I'm gonna say Lainey Neal runs this ish and does quite well tournament season. Wow. Uh, if your meta plays Martell with Gaston, or it plays uh, Stark with Mira, or it plays any kind of Targ, and I'm in New York, so. I'm seeing at least two great players playing card decks per tournament. Right. And they're both running three Dragon Thieves and Viserys. This is a completely useless card. If it knelt when it was played, I'd at least get that initial kneel. Odds are it'll be gone by the time I would like it to do something. So, D. 
D minus. Yeah, I feel like I'm in about that same boat there as Aaron. Uh, just doesn't quite have an effect when you need it to. D for me as well. But if you're on got cards, you get the next card. Um, let's see if I can get on my phone. Can I just click the next button? Will it? Uh, I don't know. Next, I got a Martell card. Ghost. Yes. Yep. All right. Um, I've got Ghost Hill Elite. Uh, this is a three for three unique. Um, Army Knight Warcrest. Military Intrigue, House Martell only. Response, after you reveal a plot card, each opponent must choose and discard one card from his or her hand, if able. Then, Ghost Hell Elite claims one power if any locations or attachments were discarded by this effect. Limit once per round. Holy shit. I love this card. This seems pretty rad. Uh, I kind of wish it was a random discard, if you're going to tag that power gain to specific no, that, types. No, that's the whole point, because they're going to throw an extra, because they're going to totally just throw an extra location or attachment every time they can. And that's so power. Grab a, yeah, grab a power for it. Like, let them make, let, give them that catch 22. Let people have the opportunity to make mistakes, rather than just let it be luck. I feel like in a Martell Rushy deck, like, especially in Melee, that this is uh, going to rock Well, it's a, li- it's a limited response. No, no, it's a Oh, no, it's a limit once per round. Right. Yeah, it is. A, it has the limit of a limited response, but it does not have the limited response text. Right. Does that make sense? Put well, it and it is a unique card, so you're never going to have multiples in play. But it's a uh, one of. It's a one of in every Martell deck to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I would run uh, this in a lot. Very great uh, traits, solid stat line, the Warcast. Functionally, an extra intrigue. Functionally an extra intrigue. Pretty close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you run that with Ariane, something to claim. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also to be something to be said, though, that once you've done that for a turn or so, uh, then your opponent's top-decking and... Uh, yeah, but, but they're great. The <laughs> great. If the opponent's top-decking, I'm winning. Good. <laughs> Probably. Any effect that gets me to opponent top-decking, I am happy. Yeah, that is a good place to be, is where they're... Living on their next draw. Like, and how many things are they going to have? Like, every time a plot's revealed, unless they've got a crap ton of draw, how many times are they going to be able to discard stuff before they're discarding their good stuff? Like, you're going to start to hit, like, things like no quarters eventually. Because they're not going to have a choice. Unless they're playing them against you. Right, well, obviously. They could use... if You know what? If you want to use your no quarter to get rid of my Ghost Hill Elite, please. Well, I just meant in general, if they have the opportunity to use it. Right, I get that. But, like, how many turns with Sark's draw are they going to go before they start hitting things like, do they want to maintain board presence and play characters, or do they want to, you know, what are they going to be discarding? Uh, things. Several things. stuff. Definitely the stuff. Probably quite a bit of the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm down on the card. I guess I, I should reiterate that. I really like the card. I don't see a downside. I wish it were I wish it were House Dane there. That's my downside. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would seal the deal. It's still really good. I agree with Aaron. I mean, this is a one of and everything. Well, and even being unique is a benefit because that means it now synergizes with Quentin. Ooh. Yeah. That that is totally legit. 
So, I mean, does that mean that you would give it an A? A minus, yeah. It doesn't quite win games enough for an A, but it's an A minus to me. Yeah, uh, that's kind of why I'm feeling B plus for it myself. It doesn't really just come out and whack the board and seal the deal or whatever. It's just really efficient for the lot of, a lot of the stuff it does. So. It's got the two right icons, everything. Yeah. Kyle, what'd you give it? Uh, A minus. Okay. For the lacking of house stain, we just can't have that. Gotta give it a little bit of a ding. Yeah, just a little bit. Alright, whose turn is it to read the next one, then? You, I think. Alright, this is still in Martell. It's the Prince's Attendant. It's a one drop, one strength, intrigue icon, it's an ally, and any phase. Kill Prince's Attendant. Cannot be saved. To reveal the top two cards of your deck. Discard one and add the other to your hand. If you're playing this and not House Messenger, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, that's that I think is an apt comparison. And I think what really uh, bums me out about that in regards to the Prince's Attendant is that I don't get to use it as claim soak after I get its effect, which is a big draw of the Messenger for me. Um, you know, if there's some kind of combo deck that wants to dig into specific stuff, then this is a fine way to to add to your arsenal to keep digging. Uh, but just for your average deck, I'm probably looking elsewhere. It's got to be meant to be a bloodthirst card. But if you wanted it to even be used for that, you've got to do better than just ally. Yeah. It's just just there. Kyle, you got anything? I agree with it just being like a shittier house messenger. Not shittier. House messenger is great, but... I. If there's an obvious intrinsic reason why this is awesome, I'm. He'll put Darkstar into play. He will. He will do that. Oh, there's something to be said for that. That's always fun. I mean, we've got enough ways at this point if we really want to cheat Darkstar into play, but. Yeah, I don't care. I'm giving him an F. He fails at life. Wow. I mean, he does die in the end. That's. Yeah, there you go. If it was a when he dies, someone said that somewhere. If it was a when he dies, you can do that, I might run. Basically, so that he could be used for a claim soak? Yeah, that'd be great. I would prefer that. He would be like the the Dotting Scepter. Yeah. Like a better Dotting Scepter. Except, you know, he's an ally or whatever, so that's his different downside. Well, and he doesn't have the crest and doesn't go to the bottom of the deck. You know, there'd be enough trade offs, I'd put it in the same boat. So instead of a good card, they made him useless. Yeah. Well, what kind of rating uh, do you give him, though? Here's the problem. Bad draw (laughs) is still draw, so to speak. It's not technically using the word draw. Cool, but he doesn't doesn't invalidate other cards' existence. It's it's hard for me to give him too low of a grade. I'm going to go D+. Wait, he's not even draw. Because you're literally trading one card for one card. Yeah. He's big. A replacement effect. He replaces himself okay. for yeah. the cost of one gold. Well, slightly better than re- just straight replacement because you're looking too deep. Yeah. So he's like a 1.2 of a card or something. Ugh. We're begging here for this to be better than it is. I'm going to give it a D. I don't like giving things Fs because I feel like I'm shutting the door on something. But. Well, we've only got five chapter packs left, so. Oh, that's crazy uh, to think about there. 
find shutting the door on this card and never thinking of it again. Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough then. Uh, so that sends us to Hotaz Axe. Guess that means you're up on that one, huh? Uh, it's a one-cost attachment. It's unique. Weapon item. It's got the setup keyword, which is actually important. Um, limited response. After you win a challenge in which attached character participated, choose a character. That character loses a challenge icon of your choice until the end of the phase. Then, if that character has no challenge icons, kill it. Limit one limited response per round. That's actually a really good use of limited response, because otherwise loading that on Viper would kill a lot of souls. Oh, yeah. I like this a lot. This is an attachment that makes me go, wow. Goes well with uh, the Greenblood Merchant, for sure. Yeah, pretty decently. So here's my question. You know, comparing it to Red Rain, how does it look? They're both unique uh, and both kind of targeted kill there. And in houses that don't usually get a lot of targeted kill like that. This one has setup, which is a ridiculously huge bonus. It's harder to trigger, but it's got setup. I like setup. That can be big early game. I mean, that can be a swing. All yeah. bites lonesome. Yeah. I mean, getting rid of Cersei's intrigue icon, stuff like that. Like, generally against Martell, you want to go, uh, you want to make them go first. So cancel a lot of their, you know, revenge and having vengeful guys standing and such. Right. But this this means you no longer want that. You get rid of, uh, you get rid of, uh, flanks, military icon, so on and so forth. Uh, and you can dick over all those stupid specialized guys. That's just what I was thinking. There, there's a lot more monocons being played right now. Those cold hands, the new enemy lords and such. Uh, that means there are definitely targets floating around. Wish it, nah, in a weird way, I kind of wish it was prized one. I really like Prince of Dorne. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have been nice. Hey, and it would have been a big push to, to get several attachments played uh, in a deck somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Any other tricky, fun uses you can think of? Cause yeah, not just right off the top of my head. Uh, but I like it pretty well. I, I think I would definitely rate it about like I rated Red Rain. I gave I mean, it. And the combo's nice. So give two icons just to keep the dude alive. Yeah. If you try to like do tricky things with like mid challenge and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's enough stuff like Moonblood Blood Merchant plus um, what call it? Choosing the spear to kill a dude. Use Green Blood Merchant twice, then use this, and someone dies, even if yeah. they're a tricon. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I don't know. Um, there's all sorts of icon. Icon removal stuff that doesn't see a ton of play that this gives at least a second look to. Truth. I think it's a C plus as an as a card overall, but like an A minus as an attachment. Will? Um. Yeah, I think I give it the the same as Red Rain. I and I gave Red Rain a C plus or a B minus, right? I think a B minus. Yeah. B minus. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick with that same thing then. Yeah. All right. On to Stark. Indeed, Sir Jason Malister. That uh, kicks it back to Kyle then, right? Mm, uh, you, I thought, but okay. Yeah, let's go with Will. Let's go with Will on that one. Okay, fair enough. That means you're going to get Raven Tree Hall. All right, let me try and get my phone up. So, Sir Jason's a four for four. 
military and a power icon with a noble crest. He's House Tully and a knight. He has deadly and has a dominance effect. Choose and kill a character with printing costs three or lower or controlled by an opponent who has not declared a military challenge against you this round. Limit once per phase. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not gonna say it's, it's great. All they have it's to great, do is it's de- great in melee. declare it. Yeah, yeah, it definitely opens up some options in melee, unless, you know, everybody does just want to get together to beat you down, in which case he's not helping much. Yeah, but if you, if you're running like, let's say, siege in melee, or even like Tully defense, you want them to be military attacking you. So you can defend and get power. Well, some power. I mean, if you're doing uh, good old River Run, it's even easier if nobody just even bothers to attack you. That's true. Well, you wouldn't run him in that specific deck, but at least in Siege. Yeah. I don't know. He's he's a neat effect. I like what it's trying to do uh, for defense decks and themes to try and push that there, but they've never really quite been there, and I think he's too expensive for what he does to really make that stick in the end. Yeah. I don't know. I would never run him in Joust. I think he's a one-of in most melee decks. Because Stark Melee also really likes uh, lethal counterattack. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He's got his uses. He's just not for... Gener- you know? Oh, there's also that prized event that, like, if you successfully defend a military challenge... You then you get to make one right back. Yeah. That, like... It's expensive for melee, but it's also pretty solid with him, too. Yep. He's, he's a good yep. card for melee. Of course, I'm not rating him for melee, because melee is... I'm so sucks. glad. So glad Siege and melee is back again. Yeah. Uh, ratings? Um, Probably, like, a D+. Plus. I was going to say C-. minus. I mean... Um, he's also got the added bonus, which again, I read somewhere, this is not an original thought, but he really hilariously screws over that, um, Heir to the Iron Throne deck with no military that was going around. Well, you know, that's, that's a good point. Though he doesn't hit Danny, and he probably won't live very long Wait, why would he not hit Danny? Sure he does. Wait, does he go off of cost? Cost. Cost, my bad. I was thinking strength. I'm so used to things dealing with strength. Yeah, he totally kills Danny. Makes Danny dead. Yep. Well, if he lives. If he if Danny does not kill him first, which right. is kind of her thing. Yeah. And he's he's delayed until dominance, so there's a very good chance that he doesn't live that long. Danny's good at killing stuff, that's what she does. Yep. So Raven Tree Hall. One gold. We have a one gold unique location that is a stronghold. Um, no synergy there. Uh, it is immune to events for all those. I guess that's not true. There are a lot. Um, while a character you control is defending alone, gets plus one strength and gains renown. Um, I like the one that gives you melee better. Yeah. Like in that in that Tully defense deck, this might be a one of. But like sure, Winterfell something or other give you melee, which is just a better. Better than plus one strength, and you don't have to defend alone. No idea. I'm not into but, defense locations, so it's not my bag. Ah, uh, me neither. I'm gonna hit Stark locations quickly, and I'll figure out the name of that. Will? 
Mm, sorry, I was getting something else open. Jesus, William. And, well, and was trying to get into... Son of a... Trying to get into got cards to get the actual card in front of me. Winterfell so Practice Yard. Winterfell, Winterfell Practice Yard costs one more, but if you kneel it to choose one character, that character gains melee until the end of the phase. doesn't even have to be on defense. If you control more unique, it also gains renown. That is just a straight-up better card for that one extra gold. Card. In addition, I mean, let's not forget the Frozen Outpost, too, which is two gold and also a better card. Bomb card. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess if you're running all that other stuff to try and run defense, that you could run this in addition. But I don't like it. <laughs> like, if you really, really want to make defense a thing, more power to you. Yeah, I mean, it it is one of the better defense cards, I guess. It's but... the third best in Stark alone, at the very best. Well, you know, almost all of those cards are just in Stark anyway, so... Well, fourth best in Stark because Northland Keep. Northland Keep. Yeah, it's a fantastic card. Like, I mean, this does at least move you closer to an actual win if if you're getting the renown out of it. I don't know. Frozen moats. Frozen moats arguably better. Defense still doesn't excite me a whole lot, but I don't know. It. it, I'll I'll put it this way. At least. There is understandably a home for Raven Tree Hall, un- unlike a couple of the other things we've been looking at so far. I'm not going to say the home is particularly good as a whole, but I know where this goes, and it gives me something else to experiment with. You like to experiment, don't you? Yeah, yep. Well, that, those days are over now. Ooh, yeah, yeah, ouch, that's rough. Boy, is that rough. That's our job. I'm learning as a married man. My job is to um, harass non-married men about being married and to ask other married men how long they've been married. And if it's longer, go, whew. And if it's shorter, talk about how one day I hope to get there and that they have tenure on me and they make professor jokes. I'm learning. Uh, Aaron, how long you been married? I've been married since March. Woo! See? There you go. Well done. That's it. That's all it is, Will. Okay. Well then. So let's, let's all give this about a D. I think we need a D plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like exactly the right place for it to be. Moving right along. Targaryen. Yay. Huzzah. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get in arguments about this. This Who, is me. Who's reading now? That's you? Yeah, we've got Dosh Kaleen. A character of two cost with an intrigue and power icon. Only trait is Dothraki, which is, you know, nice for Dothraki to have intrigue and power. Limited response. After an attachment leaves play, stand one influence providing card that you control to draw one card. Uh, Yeah, a lot of people love this, and I will never play this. I'm not going to say I love it, but it seems to have an okay home, and, you know, diversifying the Dothraki icon seems good. How often are they kneeling influence providing location? When, when, specifically when an attachment is leaving play. That happens with exactly three cards in any good Targaryen deck. Well, That would be your three flame kissed. And then you're going to be running multiples of this one otherwise extremely useless card to get that one draw those times. I mean, it doesn't have to be just the, the flame kiss. 
I've also run Harried by Dragons. Yeah, but you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed that deck. I'm not so, I'm not going to say it's great, but the the nice thing is that you do have some ways to control that and you're not stuck waiting on your opponent to have an attachment for you to discard. Now if they do, you can also trigger it off of that. So, I don't know. I mean, a couple copies of this, I could see having an okay home if they draw me one or two cards, then then it, I feel okay least, about that. No, I, I think Barrow I'm going to agree. Kill you. Oh no, it's an atta- it's yeah, it's at least a little bit like okay for the Harren Hall Mel's favor combo, but if Mel's favor leaves play at the end of the phase, like if it's used actually like the way it's supposed to be, you can't trigger a response off it. Yeah. It's poopy. So, I mean, at that point, you force them to not just take and kill your guy. No, no, no. I'll, I will totally, like, kill a guy with Harren Hall every time. I will kill Danny with Harren Hall and let you draw a card. Okay. Oh, no, you've got a card. Full well, point. I mean, then you've got a card you wouldn't have had. And you have to make sure you had one influence melt at that point, which you probably didn't. Yeah. Because you that, marshalling. That's the trickier part than the attachments themselves. Because this card is poopy. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking she's a trap. Yeah. So, I was talking to Dave about it, you know, who's king of all targs. And we were discussing how this card is okay, it's probably a trap, it's not that great. And he's like, you know, I bet you it would be really interesting in a Griff deck. But the downside to that is then you have to play a Griff deck. Right. Nobody except Buzz Hannon wants to do that. Uh, and even he just wants to do it. He doesn't actually do it. Right, <laughs> right. Uh it's it's a it's a shiny effect that everyone goes, oh, this should be good, and then it's not. So, and people will flame the crap out of it, because people absolutely adore this card on got Cards. Yeah, I just don't see it. I worry about the influence. That, that's I the mean, trickiest part. You have to really ensure that you've got, uh, got that now. Though, you know, those attachments we just mentioned are... Well, good options to make that happen. I mean, Incinerate's one influence, isn't it? Incinerate yeah. is one influence, but it's also challenge only. Right. And what location... And, what you, atta- and you have to have that attachment in play. Right. Like, and what it... I mean, Targ is best at discarding attachments, but how many attachments do you really see? Yeah, that is true. No, this card's bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is a trap. Like, I hate... <laughs> I, I rarely, like... I feel like I'm decreeing that, and that makes me feel like a bad person. But she really, she really does feel like a trap. So I'm giving it a D plus, maybe a C minus. I'm feeling generous, but I'm not. So D plus. I mean, I'm still in that mode. The draw, even bad draws, still draw. So I, I feel like I can't necessarily give it worse than I gave that last bad draw card. So I'm giving it a D plus. I will give this a D plus. That seems fair. Will, you're up. Okay, uh, that sends us to Vase Dothrock, right? Yep. Okay. That which, y- which, okay, I'll wait till after, but something annoys me about it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, that uh, is a three cost, of course, unique Targaryen location. It's the East and House Targaryen only. It's limited. And during intrigue challenges, the claim value on your revealed plot card is increased by one. Um, I feel like that no military air deck uh, probably wants to experiment with this. Uh, no, really make that the. Uh-uh. Really? That, that deck wants a rush. 
this is like an you're not you can't take the tempo hit for a three cost location. When it you're it to is rush. a tempo hit. It does make the challenges you can make punch even harder though. Yeah, mm. but when you're trying to rush for the win, eh, doesn't give you more power. I I tend to agree with Aaron. I mean, I've seen different flavors of it where they do some different things, but. Can't be House of Dreams. No, no, it can't. Um, It's actually kind of sad that it can't be House of Dreams. It would it would have been interesting to see the the different flavor there between uh, a power behind the throne Laney deck making multiple intrigue challenges versus a Vastoth Rock Targ deck just making higher claim intrigue challenges. But alas, we'll never see that. Would you ever run this over Aegon's Hill? Uh, over like, Aegon's Hill? No, probably not. It, it might have a home as a one-off in a House of Dreams Aegon's Hill deck. Might. Yeah. But that's really it, right? Like, it's severely, badly overcosted. Like, even if... like, Let's say this is a one-gold uh, one location. It's then very powerful, but it's also limited... And Targ really needs its limited economy. Yeah, it, it's definitely up there against some other limited stuff they're really trying to find room for. Five so at that point, it's a one of? The Pyramid, so... The Pyramid, which is ridiculously useful, and one gold cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's another one of those cards I, I really want to like when I first read that ability, but... Uh, once you sit down and start working through it, it starts looking less and less appealing. What annoys me about it, by the way, is that it's a Dothraki-based location, and it affects entry challenges. <laughs> right. Like, raise military claim, since you're a Dothraki location, and we'll talk. Yeah, I guess probably because that's where all the, like, crones and such hang out. Mm-hmm. The most intriguey of the Dothraki, but... Somehow I think even that is not very intrigue-heavy. Any defense, Kyle? Nope. I mean, additional claims always good. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I'm giving it enough. Not this one. Screw this card. I can't imagine seeing it in any good deck. It fails at life. Ratings? Not an F. I'll give it a D+. Yeah, D-plus seems pretty reasonable as well. Hopefully I'm not crazy underrating the location again, but uh, there you have it. Well, if you crazy underrated it, I gave it an F, so I underrated it way more. (laughs) I just, I'm not paying, I'm not playing a limited card for three gold. That's insane. It's already bad enough for setup without it being limited. A limited does hurt. Can't lie about that. Green Sears Raven? Yeah. Uh, we already talked about that some on the show, so it'll be interesting to revisit that with you guys. Whose turn is this one? Oh, I don't have it up. So it's so, not mine. Kyle? Is so, it, or Kyle. <laughs> I guess Aaron it is now. It is a neutral, one cost, one strength character with just a power icon. Raven and creature, no attachments, and stealth. Response, discard Green Seer's Raven from your hand to cancel the one-revealed effects of a just-revealed plot card with one or more traits. I still like it a lot. 
Um, I mean, shutting down, like, I don't even care about shutting down cities. Shutting down cities is nice. Shutting down rivers is made of pure gold. Yeah, because now uh, just feels so good just thinking about it. And you, if you're running Samwell, you run a couple of Samwell. You, carrying birds are never a bad call. A couple of these, you got some draw going. Stealth is always nice, even if it's just on power. Yeah, I mean, much of what I said before still applies. It's crazy efficient, and you can search it out. Uh, and it specifically targets these types of plots that people have been really uh, complaining about for the last while. So... Uh, I think this one shakes up the meta a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it shakes up the meta, because, like, you have to have it in hand at the right time and so on and so forth. You have to not have played it as a character. Well, so I, don't know. I, I think most of the time you're sitting on this uh, in your hand. But then your opponent drops a Heron Hall, and it's like, womp womp. But granted, I mean... Kill a dude for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now like, you're killing a dude for... For me discarding a raven from hand that it was going to be claim soak anyway, or just extra draw. Yeah, like he's got he's got enough varied uses that I don't hate him. Yeah, oh, I definitely don't hate him. And if you're up against somebody who doesn't look to be running uh, wind revealeds that you really need to worry about, you know, you go ahead and drop him as a character and draw off your Sam. Mm-hmm. I don't run him unless I'm running Sam, which means I'm probably running a season. Yeah. But I think he's a two of in every season deck. And he, I mean, and he makes Sam that much better, you know? More triggers for him is awesome. Yeah. I wish we got a new Sam, but yeah. So, I'd say a B. He's, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like a B-plus for him. I think he does a lot. And he, he's one of those cards, even if he doesn't see a ton of play himself, his presence, I think, is going to make things shift a bit. I could see that. Kyle, you got a final rating on him? I'll give him a B. I think he's versatile. I mean, the one time you can, like, cancel that river or something, like, that's... that's, uh, There are games where this card can win it for you. Like you said, shutting down rivers, like, taking away a restricted card is hilarious. Shutting down that city of sin that's going to, you know, ruin your day? Yes, exactly. Oh, canceling it at the gates turn one is pretty great. <laughs> there you uh, go. Uh, does he say that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the initiative on at the gates? One. So if I open with my raven search, I can get my raven, then discard it to cancel your at the gates? That is correct. Yeah. That sounds fun. Sounds mean. I mean, it's real and if you're playing against maesters and they didn't draw into a maester, <laughs> like, eh, good luck. I mean, they should draw into a maester with a thinner deck, but a lot of maesters decks don't run that many maesters anymore. Yeah. Funny things can happen. All right. Well, guess we're on to the next bad boy. This one's yep. pretty bad. Oh, bad boy. So to speak. Guess that's me with a loof and a part, eh? Yep. It's an agenda. Reduce the cost of the first character with printing cost 4 or higher. You play each round by 2. Characters you control with printing cost 4 or higher gain prized 1 while leaving play and cannot be returned to your hand by your card effects or to pay costs. And my first thought is, thank goodness they fixed uh, the interaction with Gaston Gray. Except they created a whole new interaction with Unburnt. They did. They did. Uh, which... 
you know, makes makes me think maybe in general the idea wasn't super great because uh, you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. E- either way, there. Um, I mean, if you're playing it with unburnt, that's a way to use that new card that I hated, the little targ one. Um, the draw one, Colleen. Yeah, because unburnt's um, still going to discard itself, right? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Oh, unburnt just stays there, making someone unkillable. Uh, let me reread the text on Unburnt. Save a test character from being yeah. killed? Yeah, it doesn't discard itself at all. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so Unburnt just, just sits there saving forever unless you have a hair and all. Yeah, at that, at that point, it pretty much just reads, you know, this character cannot be killed. As long as they're cost four or more. Right. And there's not a hair and all. Or, you know, potentially some other cancel, but... Yeah. He calls it thinking, yada, yada. Yeah. Um... Yeah, that's... I mean, that interaction certainly seems pretty strong, but... What I'm are the... not looking up Targaryen four-cost-plus characters, so... That's what I was about to say. What are the four-costers it's going to go on in Targ? I feel like there's not a ton of options. Cost is greater than three. I'm like a Mad King. Well, Drogo. Mad King, who is already, you know, 80% of the time CBK anyway... Oh man, a great play the other day. Made me so happy. I had, um, I can't think of the card. Um, it's the plot that when a king or queen would be killed, return to your hand instead. Uh huh. And someone had, like, a, uh, uh, terminal schemes to kill my Aegon with their Cersei out. Mm hmm. Not my Aegon, my Mad King to kill. So I Heron hauled Danny, and instead of her dying, she just bounced back to my hand. Ooh. I was very happy. By the way, that plot should go really well with this, too. Yeah. You can't return them to hand, you just save them. Instead of being killed, return them to hand. No, they'll just stand there. Uh, Wait, will that work? Because it's a replacement effect, but the replacement can't happen. Because it doesn't say save them, then return them to hand. That's true. Uh, What is this good with? I'm thinking it may not work at all with that plot. Captain Grolio, but no one cares. Um, It works with Arston Whitebeard. Hello? Whoop-dee-doo. Works with, works with uh, plus one frame Danny, who's not a bad card. If you're paying two for her. Yeah. She's um, bad. Well, or the Dragon Danny. Dragon Danny, who, can, who then CBK. Yeah. And then at that point, when you've this, got the CBK Dragons and CBK Danny. That doesn't sound too bad. No, that's actually pretty, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting uh, way of doing it. Yeah. There is not much else. Um, uh, Grey Worm... Oh, wait, I know the answer to this, but I'll tell you. Uh, Jack and Hagar is actually not terrible with this. You know, that's a pretty good point as well. Various Drogos. Power challenge kills somebody Drogo. Or plus two strength and summer Drogo. Yeah, yeah, not terrible there. Uh, the Brazen Beasts. Who I actually like more than most people. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad card. And if you add CBK on top of its power gaining abilities... Not bad, not bad. Hmm. Rhaegar, whose exists to die, so probably not. Yeah, I, I was looking at him, but not so much. Uh, Barristan. D- the discarder card, Barristan. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I guess he can take attachments. For some reason, I was thinking he was no attachments except weapon. Nope. But no, I guess that's just the Shadows one. And then we have pretty much nothing else, right? Yeah, so not a lot of options. 
but a, a couple that become pretty respectable. Plus, it's actually in some ways slightly better than CBK because you can still keep choosing that character for claim. Um, well. yeah. In addition, like it's a whole two cost out of house attachment, and what you call it exists. Um, what's that stupid thing? Oh wait, you can't play with conquest. That's silly. But still, for two cost, it's worthwhile. Like to get a can't be killed viper. Yeah. That would be pretty good. I would probably be willing to do that in some kind of character light deck. Yeah, not even. I don't even need character light. Just stick a can't be killed viper out there and smile. Give me can't be killed viper. Or can't be killed Arion. I'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so something probably will need to be done about that, don't you think? Yeah, I would sincerely hope so. You think it'll be done before um, regional season, or not regional? Sorry, store championship season. I would assume. I would assume so. Hey, what four cost characters does Greyjoy have? Because Greyjoy could easily run this out of house. Um, Greyjoy has the search for a Targaryen card plot. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, we mentioned that briefly earlier. Of course, they've got the drum now. They've got Balin. There's a four cost Asha. There's a couple five cost Eurons. Actually, in a Black Sails. Oh wait, it can't be Black Sails. That defeats the entire thing. Damn. But yeah, working working with a. Uh, that Asha is really good. Eh, she's already sometimes can't be killed anyway. Right, so. exactly. Hmm. It's pretty okay, but not great. I think the value goes down a little, even in uh, Greyjoy. Even though I think I maybe like their character choices a little better, uh, with stuff like Euron and Balin and such. But the problem is Greyjoy already has a ton of saves in-house. Uh, so the value of something like infinite save out of I got that really excited for is way down. I got really excited for Tarl because I thought if he had three power on him, kill him. Oh yeah. But if he has three power, discard him. So yep. Sad. Ooh, Vic- yeah, Victorian. That's pretty cool. I don't know. Zero cost attachment that breaks game. Good job, FFG. Yeah. Well, and it's it's also worth uh, pointing out. There's another charred card that fiddles with it as well. Ambush from the planes. Yeah. Which means you could ambush something in, and then it can't go back to hand. Which I don't know. It's kind of a plus and a minus because a lot of the stuff you ambush in is stuff that you want to trigger the ability multiple times. But you know, you could just be cheating a fatty end now. But I guess it still has to be an in-house. Targ, fatty, so... Even... You can play it out of house and bury it, like, stick it on Super Stannis and smile. Like, good luck getting yeah. it. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, next week, spoilers, guys, we're gonna be building a Barrow Lufin apart deck. I'm pretty sure you will be seeing Unburnt. It, it yeah. may very well be reasonable in there. Like, whatever power grab character you can think of that you don't want to die, it's just as great on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Barry even has a little bit of attachment uh, love themselves. Whether it's worth really playing any in the end, I don't know. But, you know, it's worth looking at. Yeah. So, the agenda as a whole, just... Like, it'll take some fiddling to see what the right number of four and five cost guys is. But, holy crap. Like, what a great agenda. Yeah. I mean, you want to be playing basically one a turn. Uh, seems okay. I mean, Once even if you're not playing one a turn, like, you basically got a free C whenever you see one. Yeah. 
I mean, and it's a resource agenda, which is nice to see instead of uh, draw agendas, you know? It's it's definitely something different. What houses could you see it seeing playing? Barra, for sure, uh, is the first thing that comes to mind. I think Barra and Martell are the big ones. Uh, Mart- yeah. Martell, more so if it didn't fix the Gaston interaction. Eh. I don't know if I need the Gaston interaction. A five-cost uh, Viper's Batterman. Sounds ridiculous. The card is nearly I, broken to begin with. Yeah, there's I good, think you good presence in some, Stark. Uh, I will give I'll give Greyjoy not here for some of the reason we talked about earlier with like economy. This smooths out getting some of those really ace. Um, the big dudes like Euron's Mongol. Big dudes, yeah, just like sort of dropping some heavy hitters. I think could make uh, Greyjoy really scary with this. And like I said, it just smooths it out. You suddenly can shit out all these awesome dudes. I don't see that being a problem. I think Stark can do some of that same stuff. They got a lot of great army options. And heck, dare we maybe even see Corset Rob Stark again? If he's only essentially cost two for that ability, that sounds pretty okay to me. Um, he's still really vulnerable to burn, so probably not for me. But the plus one Rob Stark or the army Rob are both completely ridiculous here, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be willing to run the, like, reverse deadly brawn with this, though. So. Yeah, maybe. Oh, reverse deadly brawn. Like, it, like if he's two cost, that ally is not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, that helps. And that would definitely make me look more favorably on something like Hugo Hill as well, who I, I keep looking at and kind of longing for, but just can't quite justify. Well, even the new Tyrion. That isn't really seeing much play. So like when you grab something from entry, you can yeah. play it. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey's guard at two cost is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. King's, King's landing guard is really good. Yeah. Surpri- like I might play this in Lannister with some rivers. Surprisingly so, and at two cost, even better. Well, that's red one remains terrible. And actually, you know, Lanny can even, with their income, kind of smooth out. They'll love the the drop to the first character, but they could probably afford to play a second if you uh, load up on a bit more of that four-cost stuff than some of the other decks. That cannot be saved, uh, Sir Gregor. Yeah, maybe. St- uh, standing nice. whatever Jamie you want. Yeah, take your pick of Jamie's and Cersei to go with, of course. They, they seem to be pushing those with Klansmen since they just lose to uh, Chella. So, like, Timmet. Yeah. I mean, I would so, want to look at mainly the clansmen that are pretty decent on their own, so it's mainly just Timmet. I don't know if that's true. Um, if you're going to be able to play out your hand every turn, Tywin and, uh, what's his name, the Burning Men get really good. Oh, the Burn Men, the army? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, the army is pretty good. It's, it's the Burn Men, that's why I can't find them. I'm looking for them, like, where are they? I don't know. I mean, so basically there there are some different options in about all the houses. It'll just definitely take some some very different deck building than we're used to. Love that. Yeah. So last yeah. year, I mean, Jazza is up. Agreed. Great agenda. So, A+. Plus. Uh, we'll see how it really plays out in the end, especially if the infinite save thing gets fixed. Uh, as far as my enjoyment and like for what it does for the environment, probably A+. But I'm not sh- not sure if I'm willing to commit to that 
you know, also considering competitive level and, and whatnot. I think it's super competitive. Time will tell, but I think it's going to be one of the agendas to beat, I'm along with Dark Wings and uh, something I'm now forgetting. Oh, and no agenda. We'll we'll see. I'm I'm willing to to roll B plus at the moment, kind of averaging out the different factors. I'll go with that. I'll go with the B plus. Seems about right. She, I, I mean, I kind of agree with Aaron. I think you're gonna see. Anytime something like this comes out, like it brings about creativity, people think outside the box. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and I think it's exactly what the game needs going into this last year. For sure. All right. Siege preparations. Yep, yep, we're on the home stretch. I guess I'll... Anyone reading that? Uh, I just did a loof and a part, so I'll, I think I'll it is it. here. Sure. It is a plot, 601. It is a military battle, entry gambit, and a power struggle. You cannot initiate more than one challenge this round. So the only really relevant one there is military battle, right? Uh, it's, it's definitely the main one uh, for the Furies, but Barra has a couple decent triggers off of Power Struggle. Of course, there's the Barra Draw of Venley the and the Claim Boosting um, Storm's End. Yeah, but Barra has the 5-7 one that's already awesome. Yeah, but why not look at multiples? Because those are ones that you where you don't necessarily want just one in your use pile at the beginning of the game. Yeah, they're ones also, where you want power struggles turn after turn. There's also the four, the two four four ones, um, the one that returns a king to hand, and the one that uh, means you have to win a power challenge before a military. Yeah, like there's plenty of good power struggles in there's, the game. I mean, there's different options, but I can I can see this having a, a space in some Vera decks and melee. Uh, that want to keep having that. It's a, it's an acceptable opening plot for them, and then lets them save something like the the fury or the uh, king or queen saving one for a more opportune time later in the game, while still having power struggles all the way through. Well, true. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it as a power struggle. There's a million good entry gambits. I think it it's well, basically the opener. For I don't know. Games, There's a right? couple good ones for what. For which entry gambit? Yeah. Oh no way. There, there are several not great ones. I think there's quite a few good ones. Um, let's check. And the Furies are pretty good, of course. And Forgotten Plans is an entry gambit, and it's pretty good. But most of the time, you don't want to open with it. Um, Shadows and Spiders. Shadows and Spiders is good, and you you do want to open with it fairly often. Breaking and entering. Breaking and entering's acceptable. Burning bridges. Burning Bridge. Ooh, I forgot that gained entry gambit in the in the LCG. Yeah, free, right. hospita- free hospitality. Okay, um, that's legit. Not that you're necessarily Fury of the Lion, by the way, which is unrestricted. Yeah, I said Fury. And Fury of the Sun, yeah, which is unrestricted. Damn that. Um, blah. There's negotiations, which obviously you're not opening with, but still, right. it's an entry gambit, which I totally did not know. And that's it. Yeah. So there's some options on yeah, choosing a bit for sure. But it lets you use the to be a kraken and to be a wolf, and both of those cards are goddamn near broken. So you know, it's got a home in Stark and Martell. Mm-hmm. Stark and Martell. Stark and Greyjoy. Stark and Greyjoy. And I I still say a potential home in in Vera, but uh, yeah, it's it's an okay card. I see what they're trying to do. I I like at least that they're trying to do it. So 
I don't know. Uh, overall, the plot, though, man, what does that really earn? It eats up a pretty valuable slot, but it's also a hefty chunk of gold. I mean, you're losing a challenge early in the game, but if you're Stark, you only care about one challenge early, as a general rule. You would like to win your early military, right? Right. So you can still do that. You're probably not running to claim turn one anyway. And, um, Greyjoy? I guess some Greyjoy decks really don't want this. Like, LAV2 could never run this. You don't think so? Needs to keep up too much pressure early. Mm. If you can only initiate one challenge, you're losing a lot of the threat of LAV2 early. Mm, depends on what you're able to, to roll with in that one challenge. If you've got the, uh, uh, the claim boosting army that I can't think of the name of now, then you, uh, you might still come out of that alright. Yeah, but might still come out of it alright probably isn't worth that card. I mean, it's certainly better than running the 571 as you're restricted, but. Yeah. Some of them do. Most don't, but some do. So what, what kind of value does it give this overall? I'm kind of, kind of mid range on it. it I, I see some uses. Uh, so I'm I'm willing to give it eh, like a C. I'd say like a BB plus. I mean, I don't think people remember exactly how good to be a wolf is because it's been so long since we've seen it regularly. But to be a wolf is humongous. I mean, you always say event for it to be a wolf, right? Right, right. So they don't just go search another one. Right. So well, so they don't go search another one. So they don't go get a no quarter. <laughs> that too. But like, but like, but then they're like, oh, um, look, here's Mira, or oh, here's Harrenhal, or oh, here, you know, whatever. Here's Brienne. Here's here's your exact nightmare at this moment. Oof, I'm not looking forward to seeing that everywhere. Stark No Agenda Winter might be back. Oh, Kyle, any parting thoughts on it yourself? Uh, just thinking about all the fun that Aaron's talking about. It's- Hard not to feel real good about... I mean, I think this last year is going to be brutal on levels that are... I don't know. It's like, just... Sorry, mind is elsewhere. But, I mean, I mean, having all three of those out there again, having all the... Some of the Furies off the list, having... And I think the Tobias are going to be back. And like Aaron says, I think we forget just how frustrating having some of those, especially to be a wolf back with consistency, how frustrating it's going to be. So. I mean, even when it's just used for a frozen solid when you're really rocking with a location, it's one of the ultimate answer cards in the game. Whatever you don't want to see. Yep. I mean, at that point, like, Stark can even start considering running, like, a direct kill attachment, of which they now have a couple. Because you can just go get it when, like... Oh, the Vipers being a nightmare, and we're Stark is bad at playing the Vipers, so. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Nasty. Rating? Uh, um, I'll give it a, a B for the. To be. To be a, yeah. Or not. What's up? No, I just meant to be or oh. not. He's to being be. an English major. Yeah. Right. I was that once. On to our last card, then, huh? Yep. Guess that one's me. This is our first castle plot. Naming the heir. 221. Castle, after this plot is placed in your use pile, search the top 10 cards of your deck for a non army character with printed cost 4 or higher. 
and put it into play, then shuffle your deck. Seems pretty interesting. The castle plots, uh, people have been kind of looking at and talking about what we know for a while here. The delayed uh, effect on them. Is it worth it? The stats aren't that bad. Well, the stats aren't that bad when you think of it as an aloof and apart card. Because then you're really starting with four golds. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't think I'd run it. Actually, maybe in Knights of the Hollow Hill. That's also what I was thinking. It's four gold there, too. And they definitely don't mind the card advantage of being able to search something out and dump it into play. Martell Hollow Hill might enjoy this. I don't know if you can give up the plots. The plots in Hollow Hills are extraordinarily tight. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of Martell, uh, anything really wanted to use and abuse Gaston's Gray, uh, my Gaston's Gray, wow, Gaston Gray, might uh, enjoy this as well to go grab an Arion or Viper or what have you uh, as quick as you can to get that rolling. Um, I mean, you have to see Gaston first, but if you see Gaston right. in your opening hand or your setup hand, being able to grab that by turn two is pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. You should see, with ten cards, you should, odds are, if you're running multiple, see Viper Arion. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm probably never going to run it. I don't love it. But I can see why it's here. Maybe Barra. Might run into Barra. I mean, and if you do want to do the plot cycling thing, then you're not waiting until the end of that round. You're triggering it right then for most intents and purposes, just like a win-revealed plot, and why as you trade into something else. And I don't mind that at all. Well, almost all plot cycling is restricted. At that point, you're giving up your restricted for one card. Interesting. I don't know, I mean, it's... I, I will withhold judgment until I see some of the castle stuff come together. I, I I mean, there is something you said about just, like, a little plot cycling, just for that one castle plot that you really need to go off now, and just be able to tick it up a little bit. I don't think it needs to be Rivers-esque, but... Well, and then a little something, something. They're all restricted. Like, almost... I can't think of a single plot cycling card that's not restricted. Ariane, Bran, uh, Wheels... Um, the, uh, Scheming on the Sand. That's true, okay. And the Rookeries. Rookeries! Remember when those were cool? Just for a little bit, but... Yeah. You know, Rookeries, I think, actually might be pretty good with the the castle plots. Uh, depending a little on some of the other effects, but being able to drop somebody into play like this after losing one of those challenges... Uh, it seems okay, especially if you're going second, and then you can use them to swing back. Yeah, not terrible. Hmm. All right, so ratings? Mm, it's it's a tricky one. Uh, the nice thing is that it doesn't, at, at the moment at least, doesn't look like castles are going to have to chain uh, like the other two big ones, cities and rivers. So this gives us a lot more flexibility. I'm going to give it like a B. I do like the lack of needing a chain, that they can just be standard effects that a tempo deck or something that's a little slower doesn't mind having. So, that in my, that in my mind is a perk. That there isn't a set way you gotta do it. It'd be a funny way to get a dupe right before Valar, too. Yeah, totally possible. So I'm going to give it a C. I think it's absolutely, like, basically perfectly balanced. But perfectly balanced means average. All right, there you go, guys. I guess that's the chapter pack. That's 
Secrets and Schemes. Uh, Boyd, Schemes and Secrets. Yeah, boy, does it feel good to have new cards again. It has been a while. It has been a while. So, that part is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some good things. I think this agenda... I mean, that's the thing is... Is we're at the stage of the game where one card can shake it up. Because it's not just what that one card does. It's how it interacts with the thousands of cards we have at our disposal. And... So so it's hard to look at a pack and say, yeah, I don't see a lot of changes here. Yes, I see tons of changes because the meta has gotten so big. And with all this talking, information sharing is on all-time high. I feel that the meta reacts so quickly and can change so much more fluidly than it used to in the past. So I, I'm very interested to see how these packs change such a large pool already. But that agenda it seems to inspire a lot of creativity. Broken interactions aside, which I'm sure will, if not ironed out by a store tournament, will most certainly be ironed out by regionals. Uh, I still think there's a tons of good things. I've heard some people talk about it, whisper. They're like, I've got some things I'm trying. Like, people are excited about these cards. And, oh, for sure. And that's really great that in a world where the pool is so big and the power level is so high that you still have this sense of awe and wonder and people being real excited. So that is good. That is good to see. That is good to hear. That is what you want. So I like it. Overall, final thoughts? A+. Plus. I mean, the game's doing still feels good, still feels fresh, still feels exciting. And I don't know what more you could possibly want from the game right now. Mm, part of me is ready to go ahead and jump on to 2.0. Uh, so your, bo- the, your body is ready? That. Yes. <laughs> the mind is willing. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. I'll be glad to grab it and uh, tweak up some decks and such. So, Yeah. Robs and slops? Slops and props. Yeah. Boy, you'd think I would have a ton more just like pop culture and different things uh, to talk about since it's been, uh, you know, a couple weeks that we took off here. But. No way. Yeah, not not all that much. Not ones we haven't talked about already, anyway. Well, I mean, let's see. You had the holidays. You asked the biggest question of your entire life. Yeah, uh-huh. it was it was a little little grueling. Uh, you tell us about that, because all yeah. I've got is a photo of you two hugging and a comic. If you oh. don't mind sharing your life. With okay, you. well, yeah, yeah. Uh, long-ish story, uh, short. Uh, of course, Chris, Kristen's been getting... Uh, more and more into nerdy stuff, gaming and reading comics and this, that, and the other as, as we've been dating. Um, and so she uh, had been looking around, oh, probably about a year or so ago, online at different rings and things, and had seen this really sweet arc reactor ring uh, that she really dug. Uh, it was a engagement ring. You can find them on Etsy, but I was a little wary of that. Uh, regardless, you know, things came around this summer. I was thinking I would go ahead and do it, so I uh, I actually used to rent from a jeweler in Neosho, so I got a hold of him about maybe doing a custom ring, and 
he was able to, to hook me up with a, a very similar replica. And uh, I kind of brainstormed some different ideas from there. Uh, the, at least one that I thought was really cool didn't work out. Uh, so I wound up settling on hiring an artist and doing a little custom comic. Uh, sent him some reference shots of me and Kristen and uh, the local comic shop that we go to and stuff. So, yeah, it's a, it's a short little uh, four-page one. Has a couple superheroes doing some stuff that look like us, and then me waking up from a from a dream and commenting how that was weird and stuff, and then basically meeting her at that comic shop, and of course took some photos so it looks like it itself. And yeah, it was surprising. I saw the proposal shot before I saw the like you guys hugging afterwards. I was like, that really looks. I, when I saw the sketching. I was like, wow, I really like to play at the cliche like comic book scene here a little bit. And then I was like, no, that's actually what it looks like. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. Sure enough. Uh, so yeah, the last panel is uh, of me proposing to her in the comic shop uh, after she looks at a copy of this comic. So there's that nice little little meta shot, and figured to be right up her alley. And she dug it and, and loved the ring and. You know, everything went well. Awesome. So did she read it, and then you were just, like, waiting behind her and, like, popped her? And, yeah, yeah. Well, I was standing next to her. I had her meet me there, uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to pick up some stuff before they close, and then we can go get some dinner. And I was like, hey, why don't you grab whatever's in my subscription bin? You know, I had them set a couple things aside for you, so I'd... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a subscription bin? Yeah. For you personally? Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's a regular service the guy offers. It's it's, it's pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Get a, get a little uh, discount for it, so seems seems okay. So, yeah, there were a couple of books there, so she picked things up and looked at the first copy. Like, oh, yeah, what's this? Oh, yada, yada. Why, uh, why should I read this? And then she got to the last one, and it's like, huh? What is this? And I had to be like, well, maybe you should read it. So she did. Awesome. There you go, Will. Yeah. A so, plus job. So there's there's the story. Uh, it was it's pretty entertaining. There were, there was definitely some uh, some tough times getting there uh, through some failed plans and impatient uh, girlfriends that had to be like, no, 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 just 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 chill out. I promise. I'm working on something cool. Just let me get it all ready. I'm stuck waiting on other people's timelines. So Yeah. You know what it seems to be like all about? It's like, you know, I'm trying to get engaged here. Yeah. <laughs> They're all trying to live their lives and shit. It's crazy. I I don't know why. So there you go. Otherwise, all day's pretty uh pretty run of the mill, but good. How about yourself? Uh it was pretty good. First holidays with the in laws. We did uh Yeah, we married man people. here. Four Christmases, two on my side, two on hers. It was a lot. Um, I am married and boring and old now. Most exciting gift I got is like it's a tough one between my knife block set and silverware. Oh, uh, okay. She got some upgrades. I know, I know. Well, I was using these like cheapo ten dollar from Walmart high school knives, and now I've got you know real shiny knives from Chicago cutlery, keeping it with the Midwest pride. You know. Oh, nice. 
And silverware, you know, is silverware. It's not rusty hand-me-downs. It's all shiny and stuff. You can see it when you come to visit, because I'm sure you will soon. Right, Will? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I would like to prop, because Aaron said it before you left, uh, Gilmore Girls being on Netflix. There's a good future life thing. Uh, women dig that shit. And as far as chick flicks go, show-wise, uh, I found it's very male-friendly. It's witty. It's got a lot of pop culture references. Uh, it's pretty good. So if your lady friends are bugging you to watch Netflix stuff and they want girly things, go watch Gilmore Girls. It's not so bad. You'll like it. Um, and then I would like to prop these potato ham cheesy puffs that I made for dinner. And I just took biscuit rolls. And I, like, made little bowls inside my muffin tin with them. Just out of a can. And then I put old leftover mashed potatoes and leftover little bits of ham and schmitzed in some cheese. Then it's baked them for, like, 20 minutes at 350. And they are awesome. So we're into poor food. That's the other thing. Way to save money. Just double up. Make cool things out of your leftovers. I usually find just having shredded cheese on hand and... Cayenne pepper does the trick. Mmm, shredded cheese. Pick up, can perk up any uh, meals that are lacking. Um, other than that, I don't know. Props to the holidays being done. Props to everyone making it another year. Kudos to you guys. Uh, we can now start counting down months to second edition instead of next year's second edition. Yeah, that's pretty rad. I hear good things about it. People still seem excited. So I believe in Nate. I trust the man. Take care of us. Because tonight did a lot for showing you why stupid little wording and templating and those kind of issues create problems. Yeah. So if we really are getting rid of them, that in itself I feel is worth a reboot. So remember that, people. Remember that. But I have to really yeah. keep on top of it, and too. Yeah, because... If you don't, like, I can tell you, especially if the stupid unburnt thing lasts, when you get to a tournament, and I hate, I absolutely hate being this guy. So let's say you're not necessarily exploiting, but you are leveraging a loophole to your advantage. Not even something super big like that. I mean, that's exploitation. That's brokenness. But it's little things. Um, stuff like the original neutral the wall and, like, jumping in guys with the wrong icon. That's not broken, but that's leveraging the card, because you don't need the icon to do it. Something like that. Still tricky wording things. Um, anything that would involve K-Tom, is a good rule <laughs> of thumb. Right. <laughs> uh, and you're at like a tournament, and it's like round one, and you're playing some new guy, and you do it, and you have to sit there and explain why it works that way, and how... And just even saying it, you're like, I don't even believe this shit. Like... <laughs> This is so jank, but that's the way it works, and it helps me win, so I do it, and I read the forums and stay on top of it more than you do, so I have this advantage that you don't. And, I mean, that's fair. I'm all for dedication leading to an advantage, but it just blows when it's in such a counterintuitive way. It's one thing when they go, oh, that's cool, like some synergy. It's another thing when you can tell they're a little pissed off because you're like, I... I never would have seen that, and it's, I mean, it happened 99% of the time, I didn't even think it up. I mean, it's just something you read, hey, here's this bullshitty way that these two cards will to work, FO cool, and then you use it, or you at least keep it in the back of your mind. 
And then, so, props to second edition getting here. First edition will always be fun. It will always be, it has been very good to me. I have found a lot of success and I have enjoyed it. I will still play games. I will still keep decks. I, I don't think it will die. I keep sure not. Oh yeah. Well, much easier because I won't be using the cards. So you can just put everything in it because you won't really give yeah. a shit. Cube drafts and Civil War are going to really take off, I think. Oh, Civil War is so much better because I find that with cube drafts, I like drafting the deck and then I don't want to fucking play with it. <laughs> Maybe one game, two tops. And right. Then, I don't really need a fucking tournament with this jank shit that I put together. <laughs> I really just wanted to look through cards and kind of throw and toss some ideas and then <laughs> pat myself on the ass, call it a day. I did not want to do all the humbug. So, uh, Civil Wars are great. So I look forward to all of that. Hopefully Drunk Draft becomes a thing again. I'm so tired of it not being Drunk Drafts anymore. That was love. Beautiful thing. That, boy, that sounds like it. Um, so look forward to that. But now, um, let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, you can find us at any social media dot com slash two champs one chump shoot us any and all messages we are so lonely and bored I uh, thank god we had a chapter pack because yeah the ice was getting thin so yeah shoot us any comments critiques I think you and Will have talked a little bit about this about you know this show taking some new forms and some new ideas with second edition so if you have anything you want us to talk about or a format that would be cool or an idea that would be cool, now is the time exactly. to let us know. That way we've got time to, to plan and prep. We should totally bump this part of the props and slops before the like rambling so that people actually stick around and listen to it. Yeah, you know, now, I, I think props and slops will probably be trimmed. Good. That'd be, that's that's solid idea there, Will. It seems like a real good plan. God, you're so good at this. You do it 200 times and start to get a knack. But, um, yeah, definitely is the time to shoot us some stuff because I know we're trying some things. I am moving, quote unquote, sometime in the next four or five months. So it's with better internet and with better internet, it should become Twitch time. So I can get a little more interactive, a little more involved. Um, yeah, so do that. Uh, hit us up on all that stuff and uh Danger